Well, hello, and welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, where our hope is to just dig a little bit deeper into that week's sermon, so that way we might dig it a little bit deeper into our hearts. We are so glad that y'all joined us here today. If y'all don't know, my name is Chris Brown, and I'm the associate pastor here. My name is Jacob Belding. I'm the connections minister. And I'm Judah, the guy in the chair. He's back. Yep. Yep. Are you feeling better? Much better. Yeah. Judah was sick on Sunday. Um, so you haven't heard the sermon. Or did you watch it online? No. How dare you? <laughs> At least he's honest. <laughs> he's <Yeah>. sleeping. <laughs> he was sleeping because he was sick. Yeah, right. right. Um, yeah. Like it's eight degrees outside. That's a kind of sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You tell me, do you believe Judah? Do you think he's actually <laughs> sick? Or do you think, or was actually sick? Or was he just faking it so he didn't have to get out in the cold? <laughs> Do you have anything to say for yourself before they make their comments? Please believe me. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Anyways, we are glad that you all have joined us here today. Uh, this past Sunday was a little bit different because I got to preach. Uh, once a month, I get the opportunity to preach, and that was uh, my Sunday. So, as customary, I don't review my own sermons or recap my own sermons, Jacob does, and then I judge him on how good he did. So, Jacob, take it away. Yes. So, the, the passage was out of uh, Philippians chapter 3, and uh, the, the whole point of the sermon was to focus. Mm-hmm. Right? And you didn't even have to listen to the sermon to know that because it was on all the bulletins. Yeah. So, if you got your bulletin, which I didn't actually... But that's okay. I saw them. Oh, you still know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's about focus. And uh, so uh, the, uh, the sermon was really about how to hone in or focus on what God wants us to do. And so there were three questions to ask, three questions that you gave us to ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. The first one, am I focusing on myself? Am I focusing on me? That was the first one, right? We'll, exp- we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second was, am I focusing on today? Am I worried uh, about today? Am I focused about today? Or am I worried about things that uh, may or may not come in the future, things that are outside of my control? And then the third question, am I focusing on God's kingdom? Mm-hmm. Am I focusing on God's kingdom? Yes. So that's uh, that was basically the... That's the sermon in a nutshell. Like, it, it's getting better. It's getting better. <laughs> it's getting better. I feel your... your uh, passion for it um, yeah. welling up in your words. Well, what I appreciated um, about this one was, uh, man, it was, uh, I mean, I mean, it was pretty clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, not to say that the others weren't. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but this one, I could actually listen I to. I could follow. Uh, yeah. The other ones, golly. Man, it was tough. But uh, mm-hmm. no, it was, um, you know, like I said, the, uh, the outline and everything and, and the recap mm-hmm. made it easy on me this week. It's pretty straightforward. Um, it's definitely more of a practical sermon uh, than a theological one, uh, which oddly enough, um, practical one's actually a little bit harder to write uh, for me because it's it's not just one singular text that you're you're like unpacking. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's multiple text. And uh, anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll oh, get yeah. to all that. But well, it's kind of like uh, like teaching a small group on a topical study, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you've got to. Uh, it's not like you're just in this one passage. Like, especially if you're writing it, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay. So, for example, if we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, it's like, well, there's an awful lot to talk about there. Where mm-hmm. do we start? And trying to zero down and mm-hmm. zero it in makes it difficult. Yeah. Uh, fun fact for for y'all and for anyone out there listening: this sermon was actually meant to be preached in 
uh, October. And it just kept on getting delayed uh, down the the rabbit hole. And so uh, probably half of, or I don't know, probably, probably a quarter of the sermon and was written back in October and then uh, decided to preach on something different in October, so I moved it to November. Decided to preach something different in November, so I moved it to December. Uh, decided to preach something on, different on December. So here it is in January. That's surprising because uh-huh. I thought it had a kind of a New Year's feel to it. All right, you it, definitely it did. Um, so the original intent uh, was uh, whenever it was. No, no, sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's it the same intent. It just, yeah, it actually ended up applying better to the new year because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's when everyone, you know, thinks about. Yeah. You know, more introspective about yeah. things. And yeah. Where are we going? Where are we moving to? And, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, fun fact for anyone out there. Um, uh, we Sometimes we write two sermons in a week <laughs> yeah. and then... Um, <laughs> table one. Table until, one, yeah. Uh, give it a month or two. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, um, the passage, uh, what, the, the passage at the beginning is Philippians 3. 18 through 20, so I figure we can go on and read that. Sure. Now, this one, uh, with it being topical, there's multiple passages, yeah. and this was actually the, the passage for the last point. Oh, should we save it then? So we can save it if you okay. want. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about that opening illustration okay. then, yeah. shall we? Sure, uh, sure. I liked that one. Yeah? Yeah. Because of the tennis or because you were chasing girls he had crushes on? So uh, I didn't... Uh, so I also played tennis mm-hmm. uh, when I was in school. I started when I was in eighth grade and then played all the way up through high school. Um, no, so uh, I didn't join tennis, the tennis team, because there were uh, girls involved. Now, once I was there, there were girls, mm-hmm. and you know that was fun. That was like cool. I want to play mixed, yeah, <laughs> doubles. Mixed doubles. <laughs> I did play mixed doubles yeah. for a little bit, and mm-hmm. uh, anyway, um, <laughs> but no, uh, uh, what I did in uh, I think it was eighth grade, uh, I did try out and audition for the the drama team. <laughs> Uh, because of a girl. Yeah. And uh, it was Wizard of Oz, and I got the role of being the guard at the gate of the Emerald City. Mm-hmm. And that went absolutely nowhere with that girl. Nice. Uh, and so anyway, yeah. Uh, so, but I've been there. Yeah. I, I can relate a little bit. Judy, just in case you you don't know, since you didn't watch the sermon, uh, <laughs> is... Um, uh, I talked about how I joined the tennis team because I had a crush on a girl. And then I ended up... We actually ended up dating... Uh, and, but I fell in love with tennis. Um, me and the girl eventually broke up, but, uh, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, so what grade was this? It was a sophomore year of okay. high school. Yeah. it sounds uh, about right. And so I remember I went over there and I think I had a racket that we picked up from a thrift store mm. for like a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, I honestly, I just, I really did just fall in love with it. I played for hours and hours and hours, uh, every day. Um, yeah, we used to meet up in the summertime uh, whenever mm-hmm. we weren't in school playing, and we'd bring out a big, you know, uh, it wasn't a boombox, but uh, somebody had some kind of a stereo, mm-hmm. and we just blast music and, and go out yeah. in the evenings, turn the yeah. lights on, and play. We do. I got my whole youth group to do it, and so oh, really? we would meet on Wednesday, you know, for church, and then everyone went straight to the tennis courts after church on Wednesday to go play. Um, Judah, oh. did you have a thought? My parents played tennis. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. I put out an appeal that if anyone wants to play tennis to let me know, uh, because I haven't got to play in a long time. And so your parents didn't say anything. 
It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know that there's going to be tennis in heaven? <laughs> Do you got a verse for this? Uh, I didn't yeah. pull it up yet, but it's, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Psalm uh, 23. I will dwell in the courts of the Lord forever. Oh, yeah. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> didn't. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, Judah, have you ever done something because you had a crush on a girl? Um, I did go to my sister's ballet like practices because I I kind of liked a girl and and wanted to go to the. It wasn't your sister, practice. right? No, no, no. Okay, few, few. <laughs> it's in Arkansas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, she was there at the practices. Yes, it's yeah. a different girl. Okay, it's a different girl. Good, few. <laughs> right. Yeah. But if I just showed up at some random ballet practice, that would be awkward. So it had that to be would be sister. awkward. Your Maybe. sister was your wingman. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, anyways, um, <laughs> the whole purpose of the illustration was to hone in on the thought of when I did poorly in tennis, it was because I took my eyes off the ball. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the whole concept. Keep your eye on the ball or you're going to, you know. Well, what do you call it when it hits the frame? I could not remember what that, that's called. Just call it like just shanking it. Shanking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you shank it or you know hit it right off center, and it'll go where you don't want it to go. That's what you were looking at. You were looking at the girl over there. Yeah, right. I'm playing the tournament. I'm doing poorly. Why? Well, no, she's over there. She needs to be back behind me. So. I think by that tournament, she had already graduated. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, she was older. She's older. Oh, yeah, one, one year older. Than all right, all yeah. right. She's also on the drum line. And so that's, oh, how, okay. that's how we yeah. first met. Got gotcha. the drum line. Uh, and like then more yeah. extracurricular yeah. time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I'll, yeah, I liked it. <clears throat> um, yeah. Keeping your eye on the ball because. Uh, especially having played tennis, yes, you mm-hmm. have you have to do that, and it's not like football or baseball where you look at, to where you want the the ball in that sport to go, or basketball, or mm-hmm. literally any other sport. Yeah, the I only imagine. other one would be uh, like baseball. Yeah, um, where because because like in football, you're oh, for in the bat for yeah. the bat. Yeah, I'm thinking about throwing uh, yeah yeah for but. throwing it or like shooting basketball, or whatever. Um, your hands are in full contact with it mm-hmm. the entire time, and so so you can just use all your other you know, senses yeah. to do it. Um, with hitting a baseball or hitting a, a tennis ball or anything that you you know, hit, in that sense, um, you're dealing with a a moving target mm-hmm. now. And so as the target moves, you have to watch it. So that way, again, you can make those fine-tuned micro adjustments to, to do it. And it, you you wouldn't think, so, okay, you see the ball, it's coming here, and you're going to meet it here. You would think, oh, I can reasonably understand where that ball's going to go. You know, I don't need to look at it. But it really does make a difference oh, yeah. um, to like, get the hand-eye coordination together yeah. as it goes yeah well it depends on the kind of spin that's put on yeah. it too and mm-hmm. is it going to be up here is it going to be down there or is it going to lurch off to one side or the other like you have to yeah. you have to watch it because yeah. that ball's liable to move on you and it's going to move a lot mm-hmm. um but it's also kind of like football mm-hmm. um so i've been coaching this uh third fourth grade flag league and uh trying to teach them how to catch and catch well because uh, they're they're in the league they're wanting us to pass you can only run it like one time in a possession and and so these kids, you know, the ball will be like up over their heads and they'll just kind of like stick their hands yeah. up. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know why you missed that, right? It's because you didn't watch the ball mm-hmm. go all the way into your hands. Like get your head up and look. And mm-hmm. then the next one comes and they catch it. It's like, oh, look at that. You kept your eye on the ball and yep. and you caught it. Isn't yep. that amazing? Yeah. Which uh, flowed nicely into the first 
mm-hmm. question. Uh, so, so uh, sorry, real quick before yeah. we move on. My daughter is a great example of this in getting dressed in the morning. So, <laughs> so I'll try to like get her dressed, you know, with her her pants, and she's like watching the the TV, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, I'm like, okay, put your foot in, and she's like moving her foot all around everywhere except where it's supposed to go. Might as well be blind. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, Lottie, focus. Right. Hey. (laughs) And she'll finally like look down and, oh, there's there's where the pant leg is. Joni's the exact same way. This morning, TV's on. I'm like, hey, it's time to get dressed. And it's like, might as well be trying to dress like a like somebody that's in a vegetative state, right? <laughs> Trying to, it's all dead weight. Like, yep. come on. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Yep. Yes. Which brings us to the first point. Uh, yes. Am I focusing on myself? And, you know, I, um, I'm pretty good at focusing on myself. Mm-hmm. Most people are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're uh, naturally inclined to be uh, selfish. And uh, you mentioned that uh, even in the, in the service, but that's not what that question really is. No, means. no, it's, it's not a, cause if you, if you were to look into like, you know, the typical like self-help things, mm-hmm. it's like, you need to focus on yourself more. Right. Self-care. Uh, and I love, and I kind of, uh, paraphrased, quoted uh, Francis Chan in this, where he's like, you need to love yourself more. And Francis Chan's like, I think you love yourself fine. (laughs) I think you're fine on that. Um, Yeah, that's not the thing. Uh, But no, no, it's not that question in the sense of, like, you need more self-care or things like that, which which may be true to a certain extent. Because a lot of times when we do focus on ourselves, what we think is like care isn't actually care. It's more just um, indulgence. Right. On vices and whatnot. Uh, It'd be like but, sitting down at the dinner table with like a, um, you know, whatever kind of dinner that you can imagine. And the whole family's there. The kids are there. And it's like, well, you know, Chris did say that I should maybe, you know, cast the question. Am I focusing on myself? Like, you kids, you actually don't need that spaghetti and meatballs. I'm going to have that. <laughs> like, this is all about me and myself. Mm-hmm. Right? But that's not that's not it. Not it. It's not a selfish type of question, not a self-seeking type of question. It's more of, are you focusing on what you need to do rather than what other people need to do? Right. Because it's easy. It's Mm -hmm. easy to do that, right? To to do the opposite, rather. To say, uh, especially, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but anytime that, you know, there's sort of a, a light that gets shown on you, maybe something you're not doing well, or even your sin or, or things that have happened, uh, even in the past, it's really, really tempting to say, oh, yeah, yeah, but this one over here, mm-hmm. what about... Uh, well, that's, you know, it's kind of the root of all gossip, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we may not consciously think this, but subconsciously, you know, gossip makes ourselves feel better, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about other people's failures to make us not feel so bad about our failures, right? And, um, you know, it's, it's easy to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. And uh, I liked the uh, the TLC examples yeah. uh, that you had. Um, as soon as you said the first one. Uh, the hoarders. Hoarders. Yeah, yeah hoarders. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that makes me feel better about my house, but also makes me want to clean. <laughs> Dude, I watch, so I watch this YouTube channel uh, called Midwest... Uh, yeah, Midwest Magic Cleaning. And it's um it's this guy who in his own personal business owns a cleaning uh business. But for YouTube, he'll find basically like hoarder homes uh in his area to clean for free and in exchange like can I just make a video about it? Yeah. Um and so it's just these, you know, forty minute videos of him just cleaning these hoarder homes. And I will watch them. And to get inspired, oh yeah, uh, yeah, to go clean my own home, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so so sometimes 
uh, we can use those uh, those shows and stuff to like give us inspiration to work on our own junk and then sometimes it has a reverse effect yeah, yeah. and and that's where the second one as soon as you said hoarders my brain went to the, my 600 pound life <laughs> and then you said it yep. and i'm like yeah so that's one where it's uh first off i love the doctor on that show. Oh yeah, he's great. Doctor Have now. you seen his um uh his like gold um uh-uh. uh stethoscope? Uh-uh. Uh, <laughs> he comes in. <laughs> so it's the same. Judah, have you ever seen my six hundred pound life? Never. Okay, so oh. so it, it basically goes through the same. <laughs> it's the same know, story. The same time. story every time. There's this person who uh, is very very overweight to the point like disabilitatingly overweight uh, where they can hardly function. And it goes through the story of, you know, what's their, their backstory? How did they get to this point? Like, what's their normal diet and lifestyle looks like? And then they always go and meet with this doctor. It's the same doctor every time. He's down in Houston. Yeah. Uh, same doctor every time. And it's basically a weight loss doctor and, like, liposuction doctor. Yeah, uh, and gastro. Uh, oh, yeah. No, yeah, uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. He does a gastric sleeve yes. or whatever. Um, uh, gastric bypass. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. And then they'll do liposuction yeah. if, if they need it. Yeah. Yeah, that guy right there. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's the same guy every time, and he's like so brutal with them. Well, he so he's got an accent, right? He's clearly not from the United States. Yeah. He's clearly not from Texas. Mm-hmm. And I think it's part of the reason that he can get away with it <laughs> is because he's clearly a foreigner and mm-hmm. from somewhere else. But absolutely no nonsense, this guy. And I love it. It's, whole, mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Like there's one – there's even clips on uh, all over the place. But there's one where – um, so they'll go in for their initial weigh-in, and, oh, you weigh 659 pounds. We wanted you to be down to 620 by the next visit in a month, and that's a lot, right? So basically it means, like, they're fasting mm-hmm. and eating, like, celery sticks. Yeah. And, uh, and so they'll come back. This, this one uh, woman comes back, and she's actually gained weight, and mm-hmm. he's, like, just ripping into her just – uh, she's she, well. I just need to eat. He's like, you're not going to waste away. You ate <laughs> the next five years' food already. You're going to be okay, and just no nonsense, yeah. like at all. Yeah, and it's it's uh it's enter- he, that guy is entertaining. Yeah, and for no other reason. Watch this show for that guy. Oh, and it's great. And I don't know when this happened and what season, but it, I remember watching one of them. He comes in with this like gold stethoscope <laughs> around his neck. <laughs> And uh, I'm like, this dude's just flaunting his money, oh, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. If, <laughs> Judah, if you can find that, that image, we'll, we'll throw it up there uh, at some point. And he's kind of like Dr. Phil in a way. Like, yeah, a little bit. half of his job is to tell people to get real, mm-hmm. and then the other half is to do surgery. Yeah. You know, he's, right. which is, uh, <laughs> it's just great. Am I misremembering? Is, is there a gold one? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, if we can find it, we'll throw it up there. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, it's uh, – but that one is one that makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah. For yep. sure. And then, uh, yeah, Dave Ramsey mm-hmm. on finances, same. Yeah, when I first started listening to Dave Ramsey, I'm like, oh, this is, like, really good advice. And then it gets to the point where you know everything about Dave Ramsey. Yeah. And so you're not really listening for advice anymore. <laughs> now you're listening just to hear, like, the wild stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, my Facebook call. reels the past week or so, I've mm-hmm. been getting more Dave Ramsey. Oh, yeah. And, you're three hundred thousand dollars in debt, and you're talking about buying a rent home? No, 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 no. And he just yeah, same thing, right? Uh, tough love yep. kind of deal. Yep. You called in to ask me that. Come on, man. Yep. 
It's yeah. uh yeah, it make you feel a little bit better, but uh, also can be motivating. Mm-hmm. You know, in yeah. a way, it just depends, I guess. But uh, yeah, so very easy. Yeah, to shift our focus off of what we need to do onto what others, and there's platforms to help us do that. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Even social media, uh, part to an extent, can can shift our focus onto other people in a positive way or even in, in mm. a negative way. Um, but well, well, I like how you brought it back to scripture um, in in John 21. Right? I love the story. Oh, it's a isn't it yeah. a great story? Yeah, uh, yeah it. And I love how it ends with Jesus saying, hey, you know, you follow me, and and despite the fact that basically you're going to die for me, you mm-hmm. follow me. This mm-hmm. is your job. Mm-hmm. And then he looks over at John, what about him? <laughs> what about him, this yeah. guy? And Jesus is like, doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, what's it to you? Uh, yeah, it's hard to like see uh, inflection and emotion in the text because yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's text. <laughs> Uh, so it's hard to know exactly how Jesus responded to this in terms of his tone. You know, it could have been like, like, hey, man, you don't need to worry about him. You need to worry about yourself. I like to think, though, <laughs> that he was like like an annoyed dad at this point. It's like Dave Ramsey. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like if, if you tell your kids to clean, go clean your room and they're like, well, what about them? They don't need to clean their room. And I imagine he's responding like an annoyed dad here of like, don't worry about him. I told you to do this. Go do it. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, and you, I don't know. This one's kind of an, it's interesting because Jesus, like like you said in your sermon, had just got done reinstating Peter. Mm-hmm. Like Peter, I mean, imagine how he felt and, and like where he must have been to know that, you know, he goes from the upper room to where, hey, Jesus, I'm going to go. I'll die with you. I'll, I'll fight with you, for you. And, and Jesus is like, you're going to deny me three times, right? Uh, he, and he sure enough does. And then, right, Jesus is crucified. And, I mean, the place that Peter would have been in, like, you would think that there would be, like, just a tinge more humility. Mm-hmm. You know, especially right after mm-hmm. he's been reinstated. Like, who gets not, – not everybody gets that chance, right? Yeah. Uh, not not in the same way, anyway. Like, uh, we got Peter uh, that we know of. And so, man uh, – <laughs> Jesus tells him, "Hey, you are uh, you are going to serve me in this way. Follow me." And then he's like, "What about him?" Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, uh, it seems a little tone deaf, but yeah. uh, you know, it's we can all be like that. Yeah, uh, sometimes. Yeah, I love it. Um, which I kind of mentioned this in passing. I, I wanted to mention this a little bit more into depth because it's it's almost if you don't know the relationship between Peter and John. <laughs> then you may not quite understand what's going on there. Um, but you see all throughout, the, the, they were clearly close to each other, and uh, they almost had this like little sibling rivalry. rivalry. Mm-hmm. They, were, they weren't siblings, but uh, you almost had that rivalry going on between them. Uh, John 20, a great passage uh, where Peter and John were going to the empty tomb mm-hmm. to see what was going on there. Uh, and this is John is writing the book of John. So this is in John 20. At that, Peter and the other disciple, which is John, uh, went out heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. <laughs> He's talking about himself. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like John, does, John never refers to himself by name right. in his gospel. He always says, you know, the disciple or the disciple that Jesus loved or, or whatever. Uh, and so you've got John writing about the event of them running to the tomb together, and he just has to throw in there. By the way, the other disciple got there first. Basically, right? I'm faster. Yeah, it's a humble um, brag. <laughs> yeah, and so you have these like two just kind of like just kind of mm. 
uh, nipping at each other. And so that's why I imagine Peter, you know, Jesus tells Peter this and Peter in his like kind of like fun rivalry with John is like, what about this guy? Like, <laughs> like am I going to die better than him or, or whatnot? And, uh, and that's, I imagine, again, I imagine Jesus was just annoyed with the question. Yeah, and probably. It's, it's like, just focus on yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Jesus is like, look, I've, I was just crucified, buried, resurrected, and you're worried about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, uh, yeah, the, the application uh, for us, you know, uh, am, am I focused on myself rather than others? And then, you know, what, uh, you know, what is God calling me to do with my mm-hmm. life this next year in 2024, yep. right? Uh, it's just what uh, we got a glimpse at what mm-hmm. Jesus was calling Peter to do. Um, so what is God calling us to do? I thought that was a great way to uh, to apply it. Yeah, right. It's a great yeah. question. Uh, really, that's that's another question. Right? What is God uh, calling me to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of things. Like you said, you left it pretty open. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, the, the suggestions that you gave, I liked. Um, you know, it's not what uh, your spouse is called to do, your boss, your family, um, but you know, is God calling you to deal with a particular sin? Uh, that's been yeah. uh, that you haven't been able to shed yet, or um, you know, what about uh, digging deeper uh, in your relationship with God? Uh, what about uh, getting more connected, joining a small group, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Serving here at the church, uh, those sorts of things. Um, yeah, I thought those were all good suggestions yeah. and good good thoughts. Yeah, and all this, uh, a caveat to this is. <clears throat> This isn't to say that you shouldn't ever be concerned with what other people are called to do. Right. Right. Like your spouse, for example. Um, there is an element that you should be concerned with what your spouse is doing. Yeah. Right. If your spouse is like going way off the deep end, then you should probably try to intervene in that. Um, or if you, um, you know, have friends uh, that you're in community with that you see uh, diving down into sin, the Bible calls us to um, encourage them, admonish them hold them accountable. And so it's not a matter of like you focus on you and never right. think about anyone else. It's just don't get distracted with it. Um, it's just... Don't focus on everyone else so much that you're neglecting to look at, yeah, at you. Yeah, control the controllables. Yeah, um, I, I would always say affect change where you can. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just so easy to almost get into a victim mindset of... Like, oh, I would do this if my boss would just go this way. It's like, well, okay, let's concede, okay, your boss could do better. But don't worry about that. You're not in control of your boss. You're in control of you. What can you do better? Um, You know, your spouse. Like, you know, there's there's things that your spouse may do that annoys you. uh, and, And you're like, it was so focused on them. Like, well, my life would just be so much better if they could just get it together. And it's like, okay, well... You're not in control of your spouse. What what are you in control of? What can you do? And right. so it's just always kind of pulling it back to, okay, what am I responsible for? And then move forward in, in those things. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And your sin, you are completely responsible for your sin. 100%. And so um, maybe you need to work on your annoying habits. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. And if, you know, if we're talking about spouses, right, if we're both doing those things, mm-hmm. right, taking care of sin, pursuing righteousness, then that's going to lead to a, like a better relationship, mm-hmm. right? Even there. Um, well, even in things like, so like it, here's, here's a really practical example. Um, uh, I'm, pretty type A in my organization at home, mm-hmm. uh, and Randy's pretty type B. And so 
I can get just really annoyed at her type B-ness and things being left out and whatnot. Um, or I can ask myself, okay, what can I do to help this? And so, okay, how can I make systems of organization to make it easier for her to organize right. uh, and then communicate and, and help that? And so it's kind of like, even in the, the things that, you know, I might be concerned with, you know, what could she do? It's bringing it back to, okay, what can I do to help this? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, I know. So last week we were talking about, um, uh, dishes Mm -hmm. uh, and I was talking about, uh, recently how my wife has been cooking, but then she'll leave the, the skillets, Mm -hmm. right. A mess Mm -hmm. and, and everything. And we, uh, uh, yeah, we did our re-engage homework, and we actually talked about that oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yesterday. And mm-hmm. uh, and so, basically, what's been happening recently, uh, and I, you know, it hadn't been going on forever, but you know, the, uh, the skillets will get left there, and then like I'll come along and and clean, go on and clean them up. Right, mm-hmm. I'm tired of them being out. And uh, they're soaking, and you yeah. can let them soak. <laughs> Sometimes they'll soak. Yeah. Uh, other times, like the other day, uh, I think I was telling you that I think there were three skillets that were out, and it wasn't just like little messes mm-hmm. in there. It was like like one was eggs that had been caked on there, another was like sausage that or yeah, it was sausage that had been cooked, and that leaves a mess. I don't remember what the third one was, but I'm like, my gosh, there's whole there's a whole three of them up mm-hmm. here. So I'm over there and just scrubbing away and. Finally, you know, get them clean. I think it took me about twenty minutes just to do the one with eggs on it. It was mm-hmm. just, it was a mess. Mm-hmm. And then the very next day, uh, so I get them all put away. The very next day, she makes eggs again and then leaves it. And I'm like, I'm not doing it again. Like I'm gonna <laughs> leave it and then let her do it. Right? Yeah. I'm worried about her and what she's doing. Mm. And so I went on and left it. And uh, she finally did mm-hmm. uh, get around to cleaning it. So we were talking about it. I said, Yeah. So. Uh, you know, this is one of the things that, you know, it, it kind of like irritated me mm-hmm. the other day. And she's like, oh, really? Uh, because, you know, I thought I was thinking to myself just how nice of an arrangement that this has been that, oh, I, I cook, <laughs> he cleans. And I'm like, you know what? You're probably right. It's it's probably a fair trade and I should fix mm-hmm. my attitude about it. But uh, even having conversations, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, first off, it's funny. And yeah. then, uh, I don't know how she feel that uh, I talked about this on the mm-hmm. podcast, but, you know, yeah. it, anyway, maybe she'll go watch it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And not to get too deep in the uh, marital communication, but <laughs> usually uh, that's what happens is like it's easy if you get frustrated to build up a whole narrative in your mind of how they're oh, yeah. harming you, like actively trying to harm you. And then like you bring it up and they're like, Oh, you're, you upset. About? you're upset about that? Yeah. Like, what? like, I didn't even realize there was a dish right. left or, or whatnot. And so it's uh, most of the time there's not nefarious motives. Right. It's just, a, it just, it's just we're, we're just seeing past each other a little bit right. on, on what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyways. I just thought it was funny. Her yeah. thoughts on it. Oh, I thought I've been really enjoying that. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm glad I've been making your life easier. Yeah. I need to fix fix my attitude a little yeah. bit and uh, and move on. Worry about me. Yeah, worry about <laughs> me and what I can do. Right? What can I do? I can do the dishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Focus on yourself. Yes. Yep. Which brings us to the second question mm-hmm. when it comes into honing in on uh, on what God would have us to do. I'm out of coffee. I'm sad. Yeah, I'm almost there too. It is sad. Uh, the second question: Am I focusing on today? Mm-hmm. Am I focusing on today? Um, and then you brought up the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew mm-hmm. six. Uh, you know, sufficient is the is today for its own troubles. Uh, oh, here it is. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. 
Sufficient is the, for the day is its own trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I like that one. Sufficient. Yeah. Sufficient. Yeah, the ESV and the King James translate that the exact same way. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I noticed that whenever you yeah. said it in the mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the sermon, I'm like, oh, look at that. They agree this time. Mm-hmm. That's good. Not that they don't normally, but you know, yeah. some of the wording a lot of time will be different. Yeah, CSB puts a little <coughs> bit more in today's language. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is, I mean, it basically says the same thing. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. There's enough stuff going on. Yeah. Today. Yeah. I don't need so, to. You would think, um, in theory, we don't want problems outside today, but in practice we do. Uh, like if uh, we're, we're constantly pulling tomorrow's problems into today. Yeah. Like, is she going to clean the skillet tomorrow? <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I like the... Uh, uh, you talked about the paralysis by analysis. Yeah. The, where you're so worried and concerned about um, about this or that or whatever it happens to be mm-hmm. that you actually do nothing. Yeah. And you're just staying still because... Well, and that's how you know. I think we've talked about this before. Um, so, like, anxiety, people always get upset if you talk about anxiety in, like, a negative, like, you can control it kind of way because f- for some reason our society has... Um, designate anxiety outside of your control. Um, and when I read scripture, it doesn't seem to approach it that way. But there's different types of anxiety. Um, what Anxiety is a normal, natural response to an emergency going on in your life. Uh, Dr. John Deloney, psychologist. Um, actually, I don't know if he's a psychologist. Oh, anyways. Um, counselor, therapist. Um says anxiety is just a, it's an alarm. It's a fire alarm. And if the fire alarm is going off in your system, it could be for good reason. If there's a fire in your house, you're probably going to be filled with anxiety because you're, it's your body telling you there's an emergency. You need to go do it. If you lost your kid, anxiety is going to fill you because your kid is lost and your body's telling you to go find your kid. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm, I'm just imagining uh-huh. a world where, uh, there is absolutely no anxiety, and it's like you're sitting at the kitchen table. The house is on fire. It's like the meme, like yeah. this is fine. This is fine. Not worried about it. Yeah, and so <laughs> that's not the anxiety that this is talking about, right? Because what that anxiety does is it's a normal response in your body that pushes you to solve a problem, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you're in a house with a fire. Anxiety clicks up, gets you out of the house. You lost your kid. Anxiety clicks up. You go find your kid. Right. Um, the anxiety that this is talking about is anxiety about things that you have no control over um, and things that aren't even happening right now. And whenever your alarm goes off, it's the same trigger inwardly. It's the same fire alarm in your system going off. And when it goes off, your body has nothing to go solve. Mm-hmm. Because there's literally it, the problem is made up. Right, it's a made up problem that you have no control over, um, or it may not be made up. But it's a problem that you don't have control over, yeah. and that you can't affect any change in it. Or maybe you can't affect change, but you can't do it for another four weeks right. from now. And so your body kicks up all these sensors inside of it, and your body wants to go solve a problem, but there's no problem to actually solve. And so what does it do? It just internalizes all that into that state of paralysis right because there's your your body just starts to tunnel into nothing because it, it can't do anything there's nowhere to go yeah with it 
and so so that's that, that's one thing to point out um, here uh, in that. Uh, but yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Agreed. And um, and that's where you know our our response has to be to trust that God has it, mm-hmm. right? That He's got it. That He's in control. And like I said, and I think you said it. Um, it's easier said than done mm-hmm. to do that. Like yeah. that's tough, right? Because mm-hmm. we want to be in control mm-hmm. uh, of our lives and the things that uh, go on uh, with us and then around us, and you know uh, what life looks like. Those all all sorts of things, all sorts of ways to cut that. But it's something that we have to understand: is uh, God in His grace did not make us in control of everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. good. Uh, imagine if we were. It would be a mess, right? Uh, he's in control, uh, mm-hmm. and so we have to trust that that he's got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there's there's some things in here. So so an example I wanted to give, but I just didn't have time, um, was um, so like insurance. I hate insurance stuff. Randy has type one diabetes, so every year there's constantly like insurance stuff going on. And then this past year, Judson had to have multiple surgeries um, uh, for uh, some infections. And in all of that, there was like a lot of like processing, like paperwork and, and making sure bills got to where they need to go and, and things are paid as they're supposed to be paid. And I remember I would sit and I would do everything that I could do. So, so if we're asking the question, Jesus said, focus on today, not, not on tomorrow. And so if we put that 24 hour, hour rule on of, okay, thought comes in my mind, okay, there's stuff going on with insurance okay, what can I do about that today? Okay, here's what I can do. I can process the bills, get them submitted, make sure everything's paid that needs to be paid, and, and everything on my end is set. Yeah. I would do all those things, and then there's just a waiting game, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I, I submit to the insurance company, and now I just have to wait for five days for them to even respond, probably another 14 days for them to actually make a decision on it. And so it's literally just a waiting game of I can't do anything more. So what should I do in that moment? I should just say, God's got this. Uh, I've done everything that I could do. Compartmentalize it away and move on with my life. What do I do? I just sit there and think about it over and over and over again. I think about all the different Mm -hmm. possibilities that could be, okay, well, what if they do cover it? Okay, here's what they don't cover it. What if it ends up being this much? What if it ends up being this much? And I just play out all these scenarios and just reprocess over and over again, perseverating um, mm-hmm. a thought over and over again for no reason. There's literally no new information to deal with. It's just waiting on it. But instead of compartmentalizing it away and trusting, I just dive into despair. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tough because, yeah. um, you know, there's things that like, like I want the box checked. Like, yep. I want that to be done. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for it to be done. Mm-hmm. I want to check the box so I can move on. And I never have to think about this again until the next time, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's like it's finished and I'm done with it. Let's move on. It's that waiting around and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you're kind of in suspense and not sure. Uh, you know, that makes that, well, it's just impossible to uh, mm-hmm. to be able to just check off and move on from. And uh, uh, I don't know, is that, uh, uh, I don't know if that's like more of a, like, men we do that more like we're more of check the box and then it's done and move on or yeah um probably so there's probably different facets of it um certainly both men and women would have the, the struggle with anxiety yeah um it might just be in different facets so men we may just want it to be done and for women it may be i don't know 
something else. Uh, something else. I'm not a woman. We'll have to ask one. Yeah, we'll have to ask one. <laughs> yeah. If you're a woman watching and, uh, <laughs> and you want to let us know what you're anxious about, put in the, put in the comments. That's right. Let us know. Uh, let the whole world know. Um, uh, but it's compartmentalizing. And compartmentalizing sounds overly simplistic. Because um, when you're in the middle of like just full panic mode, um, if you tell someone, just stop thinking about it, well, that doesn't help. That doesn't help a whole lot. Um, is that the solution to the problem? Uh, okay, here's here's the the line that I'll go down. Okay, anxious thought comes into my head. Okay, what can I do about this? Have I done something? Have I done those things that I can do? Yes. Okay, now it's just a waiting game. Okay, is there anything else that I need to know? Okay, compartmentalize it. Okay, I can't do anything about it. Tell myself what's true. And put it aside. And what will happen is it's almost like a like a puppy that hasn't been trained yet. <laughs> um, it'll just start gnawing back on me. And like a minute later, it'll just gnaw back. And I'll be like, I'm anxious. Why am I anxious? And I'll have to like go through the entire process yeah. again and, you know, put the puppy, uh, you know, back down. And then, you know, kind of, you know, maybe it might be three minutes later now. It'll pu- puppy start gnawing back up. I have to go through the whole process again, put it back down. And, and you almost have to just retrain your body. Okay, I'm not going to worry about this. Mm-hmm. And you just have to just keep fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. And, you know, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I've found, too, is anytime that there's anxiety that has crept up and is uh, just, like, weighing on me, um, being around other people. and Oh, yeah. That yeah, just, that, just that helps a lot. Literally just getting your mind off of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Distracting yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Hey, the world's not ending, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and it could be like you don't even have to talk about what's making you anxious, yeah. right? It, it's yeah. just hey, let's let's just have a conversation, yeah. and we're talking about this over here, that over there, and oh yeah, and it's like the world's not on fire. Yeah, absolutely, so it's okay. COVID was a perfect example of this. So when COVID you know first happened, everyone you know <clears throat> didn't go to work and stayed at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're in your house, you haven't seen any other people for like you know a couple of days at least, and then you you're you're being flooded with the world's on fire, everyone's sick. If you go out and even talk to someone, you're going to the hospital. And yeah. by the way, there's no beds available and all that stuff. In and fact, then, not only are there no beds, but they are bringing in. Uh, portable morgues yeah. <laughs> outside the hospital to store all of the bodies. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. And so you're just filled with this, right? And then I remember the first time I went out to like the grocery store or something and I realized, oh, life is still going. Like, like life is moving on. Um, this isn't, not that it wasn't like a big deal, but it wasn't as big of a deal as they were portraying it. Mm-hmm. And and just getting out and just seeing life is, the world is still spinning um, aside from whatever problem you have does help a ton. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, but moving it back into, cause it wasn't just a purely like, you know, anxious topic. Yeah. Um, but it's just more of like, okay, wh- what are you supposed to do today? Don't get caught up in tomorrow. And this doesn't mean don't plan for the future. Right. As well. So like if we were to like talk about research papers, right. If mm-hmm. I was to, if I was to take it to its purest form, I've got paper due in three months in school. Um, well, it's not due today, so I'm not going to focus on it today, right? I was living by Jesus' words long before I ever read this passage. Uh, and so, uh, 
I, I don't need focus spot today. And then you till it gets to the night before. Okay, it's due. Okay, now I need to focus on it because it's due today. That's right. right. It's um, uh yeah, on those on writing those, you have to wait for the right like mood. You have to be in the mood. And yeah. the mood is last minute panic. And then you right. get it done real quick. Yeah. <laughs> So you could take an overly spiritual, um, not what Jesus was saying, approach to this to justify not doing the paper before you need to. Right. Um, that's not what what this is getting at. Um, because there are things that have to do with tomorrow that you can do today, mm-hmm. right? And so if a paper is due a week from now and you have anxiety or worry about that, you could just compartmentalize that way. But if you ask the question, okay, what can I do about this today? Well, there is something you can do about today. You can go ahead and start reading the book yeah. that, that you need to read, or you can make an outline. doesn't mean you have to do the entire paper today, but you can do chunks of it yeah. and kind of parcel out and plan. Um, retirement. People may be worried about, um, oh, am I going to have enough money to retire? Okay, well, that's not today, so don't worry about it. Well, you may be able to do something about it today, though. Yeah. You can start contributing to a retirement account. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't... It doesn't mean that you are trying to like solve tomorrow's problems, but you're just, okay, what can I do about this today? Yeah, you're setting yourself up for success down the road uh, whenever that time comes. Yeah, and so that's a big element of not just being productive and and focusing on what God has called you to do, but also preemptively taking care of worry down the road, because Mm -hmm. if you just constantly kick the bucket or uh, kick the can down the road, you're creating a ton of anxiety in the future and anxiety now because you're not actually solving any problems. Um, And so, so there's an element of... This doesn't mean don't plan for the future. It means right. plan for the future and do what you can do about today and then leave the rest for tomorrow Right. in the plan. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, that's good. I like it. Um, and it would probably lead to lots of anxiety if you did constantly kick the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Like, I'm dying over and over. It's like, yes, oh, my gosh, when's would. it coming next? <laughs> um, there's a great... Uh, I can't remember if it's in this book or in an interview, but Jordan Peterson talks about procrastination. And he says, um, you can sacrifice today for tomorrow, but you can't sacrifice tomorrow for today, mm-hmm. um, which is usually what we do. Um, if there's something that we need to do, well, let's take the writing the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I could start writing the paper today. And, and get it done so that way I can relax tomorrow, right? So you're sacrificing today's time to be able to relax tomorrow. But usually we don't do that. We sacrifice tomorrow's time to be able to relax yeah. today. And, and, he we, says, yeah. and he says, you actually can't do that because um, even though you're not dealing with it today, it's still on your mind. Right. And so if you sacrifice today, then your rest tomorrow is complete rest. But right. if you sacrifice tomorrow, then your rest today can't be as complete as it actually needs to be because it's still on your mind. Yeah, that's the uh, that's that would be the interest from borrowing fun from tomorrow for today. Yeah, so if you if you uh, yeah, it's basically are you taking out a loan or are you putting money into a, mm-hmm. a savings account? If you're putting money into a savings account, it's building interest for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If you're taking out a loan, then you're paying interest yep. on tomorrow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's backwards. It's a good thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was pretty good. Was that yours? Or, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Look, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <clears throat> All right. So uh, let's recap so far. How to hone in our focus on what God wants us to do. Number one, first question, am I focusing on myself? Mm-hmm. Number two, am I focusing on today? 
And then finally, this brings us to number three. Am I focusing on God's kingdom? Yep. I like this one. Yeah. Yes. It kind of ties it all in it together. Um, um, this is the cherry on top. Yeah. One of my fears of doing topical sermons is that it can come across like a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't want it to come across like a TED Talk. I think the Bible's uber practical and lots of pragmatic here's how God designed for you to live. This is what's going to lead to flourishing. Uh, I think there's tons of that in the Bible, and I think it needs to be preached. But then there's also that fear of if I preach on that, then it's going to come across like it's not spiritual at all. There's no spiritual element to it. And, of course, there's all sorts of spiritual elements tied into this. Um, but this one kind of, again, takes those practical aspects of focus on what you need to do, focus on today, and gives it that purpose of God. Yeah, it recontextualizes yep. those things. And yep. uh, what's proper for us who are believers. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, it does give us meaning and purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually did not know that story uh, from Leningrad, the, oh, the seed bank. It's I, awful, man. I, so I read a book. There was... So the, um, so the way that that chapter of that book opened up was um, first they ate the animals in the zoo. Uh, that was the first yeah. sentence of the, the, the chapter. Was Those like, are a luxury anyway. It's like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it starts to uh, explain the siege that's going on. And then it says the first child dies. And here's where it gets brutal is that it recounts a story where a child died and they were actually eating the child to survive. Wow. And uh, just to like give context to the, the brutalness of what was going on here. Anyways. That's severe. So Yeah, yeah. Um, and how long did you say it lasted? 900 days? 900 days. So basically three years. Yeah. So my thought, my immediate thought was when you said it was that long of a siege and they're sitting on all these seeds, how come they didn't plant some? They did. So oh, okay. they, they did, yeah. Um, so so they actually had to like be pretty careful because Hitler actually knew about this seed bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, you know, obviously Hitler was very involved in like eugenics and yeah. developing the, the most, uh, you know, superior race. And so this thought of having a... Um, eugenics seed bank mm-hmm. uh, because they, they didn't only um, you know collect seeds from around the area and grow crops but they actually uh, I don't know if eugenics is the right word but they they did um, experiments to to produce better crops yeah. as well um, and so Hitler was very interested in the seed bank and so but I guess they didn't know where it was in the city because it's a giant city it's yeah. the second largest city in Russia so they didn't want to just like carpet bomb the city and risk destroying that. Sure, so they set maybe. up a siege instead. Yeah. Uh, and so, so they actually had to like the 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 scientists that ran the seed bank had to operate pretty um, pretty covertly. And so they said that they would sneak outside of the city and go to the farms that they had to like plant seeds and stuff like that. So so they were doing that, and gotcha. and they probably did eat some of the collection that they had. Um, uh, and that, that may be why, you know, things did better than it could have gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was certainly probably a difference between, okay, eating a little bit to help get us by and eating enough that's actually becoming a detriment to the actual work right, um, right. ahead of us. So, And it'd probably be, you know, tough, especially under siege circumstances. Like, 
to, to actually, like, there's no way that you're able to smuggle in enough food to feed people that in the second people. largest city in, in Russia at the time, right? No. Like, there's just no way. No. Um, and so even, even in the best case scenario, they're not going to be able to sustain right. that city with that bank. Um, and uh, one thing, I'm, I'm by no means a fan of communism, <laughs> but one good thing, when communism works, quote unquote, the way it's supposed to, is it takes the focus off of you and puts it on the community, right? Right, and and you see in that quote that that guy gave as to why they didn't eat the seed collection yeah. and, and the food is it wasn't just the cause that they were sacrificing their lives for; it was the cause of the comrades mm-hmm. around them uh, that they were. Sorry, no, it's Russia. Um, <laughs> the the comrades that they were also fighting alongside. And so it's just this mindset of like, it's not about me. Right. Uh, it's about something bigger than me, not just the cause, but the people around me. Um, where I could eat it and survive today, or I could not eat it and millions could survive later. Right. Uh, it's, it's probably kind of the thought process in that. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah it, was a, it was a good story. Um, it was interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And it really drove home the point that, um, you know, if, if they didn't have that cause... Right then, they would have just ate it. Yeah, why not themselves? Yeah, yeah. There's there's no reason not to. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm hungry. There's stuff to eat right there. Yeah, let's let's get after it. Yeah, uh, but they didn't do that. Yeah, and in the same way that their cause took their focus off of themselves and onto something bigger than themselves, we have the same thing. Mm-hmm. This is where we can read that passage. Yes, uh, yeah. Philippians three eighteen through twenty. <clears throat> For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So yeah, there, um, and I think you you mentioned it in the sermon too, that uh, you know their God is their belly. The idea is... You know, whatever it is that they feel like doing uh, when they wake up in the morning is exactly what they do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, uh, you know, minds are set only on earthly things, only on temporal things that ultimately are passing away that are, or that are uh, not permanent. They're not eternal. They're not everlasting. Right? Versus those of us who are in Christ, right, we're thinking about the eternal. Mm-hmm. Right? We're thinking about heavenly things. We're mm-hmm. thinking about Christ and, and advancing God's kingdom uh, even here which does have eternal consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We're setting our minds. So if they set their minds on earth, we're setting our minds on heaven. Yeah. And, and uh, in Colossians, a, kind of a similar verse, he uh, says, don't set your mind on earthly things, but set your mind on higher things. And so just pull your focus off of yourself. It's not about you. Yeah, that's right. about you? (laughs) Stop focusing on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, quit it. (laughs) Just stop. Ignore that first point. Yeah, Um, (laughs) right. It's like, yeah, third point nullifies the first point. Excellent. Excellent work. No. um, So uh, I'm glad, uh, too, you you mentioned mentioned several things as Mm -hmm. an example uh, that have been going on. Uh, One was Wu-Tang Crackers. Is there a story there? Because it no, seemed oddly specific. No, honestly, so that actually wasn't written in my uh, notes. Uh, 95% of what I say on, uh, from the stage, I've, I've thought through. Mm-hmm. Every now and then a thought will pop into my mind, <laughs> and I'll just like, 
swing blind. <laughs> okay. And because um, I and picked th- up on that, I'm like, okay, it sounds like. Well, first off, first off, side note, yeah, sh- going grocery shopping on an empty stomach is a terrible yeah. idea because everything sounds good. And yeah. You overspend and anyway. Uh, and I normally don't do that. So when we go to Costco, for example, um, we'll usually eat before we go because we'll go around lunchtime. Lottie likes to get the hot dog um, oh, yeah. there, so we'll we'll go eat beforehand and then go through and it's actually a great system hot dogs are cheap they're good uh their pizza is really good Mm -hmm. uh and and now you're not hungry as you go walk through the office (laughs) the bulk Uh, store the bulk store i need all of these which by the way is a terrible place to experiment with food (laughs) um because you'll buy it and if you don't like it you're stuck with like five months supply of it you open the uh the pantry and you're like regretting all of your choices yeah uh (laughs) And so, no, um, so that thought came to my mind of allowing your belly to, to dictate decisions. I'm like, well, we do that at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And and I couldn't think on the top of, off the top of my head, okay, what's something that I've bought before that I didn't actually like? And so the first thing that came to my mind was crab ragoon. <laughs> um, but I like crab ragoon. <laughs> and then so... Bad example. So on. then my brain did a word association. <laughs> from crab ragoon to wontons, which you use to wrap up crab ragoon. So I was like, well, you buy wontons, and then you wonder why you bought them. Uh, and so it's, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Sometimes so, you get on stage, and your mind just starts racing, and you just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Yeah, I got uh, you. It, it sounded almost like there was a story behind that. But. No, no story. We, we did use, we had some friends over uh, for Christmas, and we made crab ragoon, and you have to use little wontons to do it. And so we had like a whole like half pack of wontons left over, which outside of crab ragoon is pointless. It's yeah. just like little like raw bread. Um, it's worthless. Things, yeah. Anyways, gotcha. Yeah. No, okay. no, no real greater story to the wontons. Um, I gotcha. Yeah. Or um, or even talking about the flavor of the day, yeah. right? And being concerned with the Stanley Cups. The Stanley I Cups, don't, man. I, zero idea mm-hmm. what in the world is going on with that. I saw yeah. there was a run on Target. Or, yeah, Judah, you, know. you are our resident Gen Zer. What's going on with Stanley Cups? I have no idea what those are. You haven't even heard, man. You, he's a terrible cultural <laughs> analyzer. Sorry. We need to call in an expert. Yeah, what it sounds like so. Stanley cups are those like big thermal cups. They've been around for like hundred years. Or yeah, so. yeah. Um, it's kind of like Carhartt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Carhartt has been around for a while, and it was like the the workers' clothes, and then all of a sudden <laughs> it became like the trendy clothes. Yeah. Um, or uh, what's that? Um, what's that shirt brand? Um, Supreme. Uh, so Supreme used to be like the generic brand at like Target. Really? Yeah, that you would just buy. And then all of a sudden became the premium brand that you're like spending like 100 bucks on a sweatshirt. And it's like, what is going on? How, like, these guys are like the ultimate rebranders <laughs> in the world. So Stanley is just the average worker's cup, right? And then out of nowhere, it's the trendy thing. And I don't know if they're actually selling for this much if people are paying for them, but like hundreds to thousands of dollars. Can you online. eBay it for us? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, but I saw this yeah. video and it was um, talking about it. And I think it was over the past three years, Stanley Cups have gone from being worth $75 million, like the company itself, 
to 750 million, like 10 times growth in just three years. That is so weird. It is. So I've got uh, a really old Stanley thermos. Mm-hmm. Like it's green and it was my grandpa's. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like been around for forever, right? You, you fill it up with coffee in the morning. We're going to go hunting and he's able to drink coffee all day, mm-hmm. basically. And then, and so I saw the the cups at Target. They're like pink and red, mm-hmm. right? And it says Stanley on it. And they looks nothing like the yeah. old ones, right? And I'm like, what? these cups were not designed for like soccer moms. No, right, right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And and so you know, and my wife, she likes that kind of cup. Mm-hmm. And like, I get that. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't want one, but the fact that you want one is great. I think, mm-hmm. but. What is it about these particular Stanley Cups? Is it the color? Is it that they was Target having a sale I don't on know. them? Or? It's just a trendy thing. And there's like videos of like a line going out the door yeah. of people lined up to get those cups right. before they sold out. And the kicker is it's like the exact same cup. Like Sam has like the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just not Stanley. Brand. Yeah. Like it's the same thing. Yeah. So... I don't. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it at all. In the or least, it's like the but. thermos. You know, we, we've talked about this before with coffee cups. Um, it's like the really good coffee, like thermoses. Uh, what's their names? Yeti. Uh, Yeti. Yeti. Yeah. yeah. Yeti and uh, Arctic and and whatnot. That's the knockoff. Oh, is that the knockoff one? Oh, my bad. Um, <laughs> that's the original knockoff. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, Yeti. Let, Yeti. Let's go with Yeti. That's that's um, it right there. You know, it'll keep your coffee warm for ten hours. Who needs their coffee warm for 10 hours? Like, there's like a small section of the population that really actually needs that level of like optimization and, mm-hmm. and quality. The vast majority of us need our coffee to last an hour. Yeah. 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 And, We're good. And let's be clear about Yetis. The quality is so good, it will keep your coffee hot. Not warm, hot for hours. Like mm-hmm. you can't even drink it. Yeah, you you almost have to drop in some ice cubes. Yeah, if you want to drink it out of that Yeti, yeah. right? Out of the insulated mm-hmm. cups. It's like, yeah, what's like? I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, that also doesn't make sense to yeah, me. Absolutely. But, but Yetis are cool. Like I like Yetis. Like so, maybe this is you know <laughs> on the other side. Uh, now I have a hard time. Like the coolers, mm-hmm. right? Cool. It's like, oh, dude, those are cool. And by the way, the guys who created Yeti, like the the guys who designed it and came up with it, uh, I think they, if I remember right, they actually went to Texas Tech, uh, which is where I went to school. So guns up, wreck them. So it's like, wow. oh, man, I always wanted kind of one of those Yetis. But it's like, dude, I can't pay three, $400 for a cooler. I just yeah. can't. Like, yeah. they, they're really cool. I can't bring myself to do it. And then uh, not that, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, several months ago, I think it was in the summer, Sam actually won a Yeti cooler at mm-hmm. work. And it was like, and it's red, and that's the color that, you know, uh, my truck is. So it goes with my truck, so that's where it, it rides around with me sometimes. And so it's awesome. So maybe I do get it more than, or maybe not the Stanley Maybe you're thing, a trendy but, woman. I don't know. <laughs> did, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe I am. Yeah. yeah. Did, so did you find anything? I did find Stanley Dining 40-ounce tumblers for like 80 to 200 bucks. Yeah, which is... About ten times more than what it should be. No. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to. I like quality. I really oh, do. Yeah. I I am very much a quality over quantity. Um, but there's difference between quality and trendy. Yeah. Uh, and this seems this is more of a trendy thing than a quality thing. Uh, and so, uh, anyways, yeah. So don't focus on trendy things. Or I mean, if you want to, it's fine. You spend your like money how you want. Yeah, it's I don't fine. care. I spend my money on 
coffee stuff. Um, but is being the most trendy really like our end all be all? Right. That's yeah, what we're getting. And at. so it's it's the thing of like there's certainly like blessings in life that you can enjoy. That's fine. Um, but it's like that's not my focus. Right. Right. Like that's not my purpose in life. Is those things. And um, and you may say well, like my oh my my uh, my purpose in life isn't those things. But it's like okay, what do you spend all your time doing though? Right. Is it if your time is like ninety percent like sucked up into these things, then then it may not be like a cogn or like a conscious like oh this is my purpose in life. But like if you're looking at what you're doing, that's what you're spending all your time doing. And so it's like practically speaking, it is your purpose in life right now. Mm-hmm. And so it's just making sure that our focus isn't getting shifted onto fleeting things. Enjoy right. them. Just don't make it your sole focus in right. life. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. Well, maybe we should have a challenge at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe for any of the ladies that are listening, that might happen to be listening. Um, yeah, if you have a, one of those new Stanley Cups, take a selfie with it and then post it <laughs> in the comments. And we'll see <laughs> Or Who better yet, if Cup. someone can explain to me <laughs> what happened as to why Stanley Cups are so popular, please let me know. Someone comment that down below. But anyways, <laughs> we've been talking about it for a while. We should probably we uh, move on. Um, focus yes. on yourself <laughs> and what you need to do today and not tomorrow and God's kingdom and not fleeting things. Right? Yes. Cool. All right. It is time for the Bad Doctrine of the Week. It's the Bad Doctrine of the Week. All right. <clears throat> bad Doctrine of the Week this week. It's a Daily Wire article. Okay. It's actually been a, been, it's been a minute since this happened. Megan Rapino, the uh, U.S. women's national team soccer star, uh, who's pretty outspoken individual. Um, She's the one with the, the funny color hair, right? Pink. Okay. Yeah, pink yeah. hair. Okay. Um, yes. So she's she's retired from playing soccer recently, mm-hmm. and and her last game she was injured, like mm-hmm. just a few minutes into the game. And so the headline reads: uh, Rapino says injury in her last game is proof that God does not exist. Cool. <laughs> this one's a little bit of a softball one, but uh, I saw that. And I'm like. Uh, I have lots of thoughts. So let me read some Does of Does she explain yeah, uh, yeah. her thought so, process? Yeah. So uh, after uh, uh, apparently tearing her Achilles tendon in the last game of her professional career, U.S. soccer star uh, declared that the injury was proof that God does not exist. So uh, she injured herself in the third minute of the game, and she says, <clears throat> I'm not a religious person or anything, and if there was a God, this is proof that there isn't. This is Messed up, but she doesn't say messed up. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit of an expletive there. Um, and she also added, for sure I tore my Achilles, uh, describing the, the moment of injury as a huge pop. Um, that was, I mean, that was basically the, the gist of, um, of the point, at least surrounding uh, her, uh, this new evidence that she has, that God doesn't So it's exist. because something bad happened to her? Yes. God doesn't exist. Basically, yep. It's a pretty bold claim. It is a bold um, claim. It's one of those ones that sometimes when people make theological or even philosophical claims like that, I want them to expand a little bit more. Like, like please like help me understand how you got from point A to point B, but usually there's not any explanation to it. Mm-hmm. 
which makes me just have to like come up with my own explanation <laughs> as right. to why. Um, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot there. Like, doesn't look like she expanded on that very much. But you know, from her perspective, why would you? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's coming to this conclusion. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you have any thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. Um, first off, um, you know, she, well, the fact that uh, I mean, she's here in the last in the last game of her career, and she's going to retire, and she gets hurt, right? Uh, pops her Achilles tendon, and she's done. Right, mm-hmm. um, I, I I understand and and get the the frustration and the disappointment that must be there. Like, hey, this is my last game. I'm gonna enjoy it, and then you get injured just a few minutes mm-hmm. in, and you're like, you're you're basically she's retiring almost a full game before she wanted to. Mm-hmm. Right, like I, I I get that. Uh, I get that that would have been disappointing, but uh, I mean to to make the jump to where. Uh, oh, because this happened to me, God doesn't exist. Really, I mean, there's some pretty fundamental uh, and underlying assumptions that she's making when she says that. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I am entitled to finish this particular game because it's my last. Because uh, God owes this to me, mm-hmm. right? If there is a God, then He owes this to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that's a uh, that's a wrong fundamental assumption mm-hmm. uh, to have. So. Uh, you know the the idea that really God owes us anything is outlandish and uh, doesn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and like you know, there's kind of some arbitrary lines being drawn on like what's like. So let's let's say they lost the game. You know, something bad happened to her. It's like is that so? That's acceptable, but like having an injury isn't acceptable. So let's say let's say this. Let's say I decide to go skydiving, which I would never do. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> because whenever I filled out my life insurance policy, they asked me, do you go skydiving? And if I answered yes, my policy would have went up. Um, <laughs> that tells you just about all you need to know right there. Yeah, insurance companies don't work <laughs> off of maybe or maybe not. They work off statistics. Mm-hmm. And if they're asking that question, then that means that there's a statistical probability of a higher chance of, of injury. <laughs> um, anyways... So let's say I go skydiving, and then something happens, and I blame God. Okay, well, God, why did you cause my parachute not to open, right? Or, or why didn't you stop my parachute from malfunctioning? And Is this while you're standing before God because sure, you died? yeah. Right. <laughs> um, the better question would be, why are you putting yourself in harm's way and then expecting God to, like, bail you out of your decisions? Um, you know, obviously she, she wasn't like doing something to the extent, but she's playing a game, right? right. Like in, in any time you do anything, like there's an element of risk to it. And she was probably at higher risk for tearing her Achilles heel, uh, than me. Right. right. Cause I don't run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, it, it's one of those things of like, it's like if I go play football and then get injured, am I then going to blame God for being injured? Right. I'm, I'm kind of putting myself in a higher statistical category of mm-hmm. being injured and then expecting God to bail me out. Does that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of one thought of it. Uh, you know, this this also gets like translated to like our dumb decisions in life. Yeah. Um, like if you're being promiscuous um, before being married and then you get pregnant. It's like, God, why did you do this to me? Well, I don't know if God did that to you. Or right. maybe it's your decisions um, that kind of led you to that. And then now why is it on God to bail you out mm-hmm. of your decisions? Right. And so uh, that, that's just kind of 
one way that my mind went to it. Yeah, and and she, uh, I think it's, uh, I think the the fact that she goes, I mean, and she even admitted, uh, I'm not a religious person or anything. Yeah. It's like, but this is definite sure proof right here. It's confirmation bias. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's like, okay, stop the presses, everybody. Stop the yeah. presses. This, you know, soccer player uh, here at this point in time in the current year, I guess this has been in 23. It was, it was an article from back in November. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but here in 2023, we now have definitive proof, right? Stop yeah. the presses yeah. uh, because her Achilles tendon popped. Yeah, and honestly, <laughs> one, one might say, so this lady – has been in the press before. Oh, um, she's over, very uh, over the past couple vocal. of years. Yeah, she's very vocal, very like, you know, uh, like counterculture, and you know, she's a little uh, abrasive. Yeah, and one might speculate: Am I trying to be? Um, what's the word? Am I trying to be a little bit more like shock and all in my language to get back in the press? Oh yeah, it could be. I don't know, because like, who, if someone's asking a question, like, oh man, you got injured out there. Can you tell us what you thought? I don't think anyone is expecting there to be a link between that and God doesn't exist, <laughs> right? That's a pretty big leap to mm-hmm. make. And so, but if you're like, if you're you know uh, an atheist with a gra- axe to grind and likes being in the spotlight, I'm just I'm knocking out tons of birds with this one stone here. Yeah, that's right. Um, anyways, that's that's a little bit cynical of me to think that way, but it could be. I, we don't know. Yeah, no. um, which is fine. I would to I would say this probably doesn't mean there. It's proof that God doesn't exist. That's probably a, probably a leap. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Judah, you got any thoughts? Um, yeah, if my Achilles heel breaks, then it's God's fault. Mm-hmm. It's true. No, it's not God's fault because God's not there. Right, <laughs> right. That's what I meant. <laughs> it'd be, uh, yeah, it'd be tough to blame somebody that you claim doesn't exist. Right. right? Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Interesting. Anyways. Yeah. Fun times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that one was, it was pretty straightforward, pretty cut pretty, and dry, but. Pretty straightforward. It's there. Yeah. And, People are interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the bull, uh, real quickly, um, just give a little bit of biblical context. Um, God made the world perfect. So, so if you were to say, if God was real, he wouldn't create a world with suffering in it. Well, that's exactly what God did. He didn't create a world with suffering in it. Sin brought suffering into the world. And so, if you look at what, if you, if you want to see a world that God created, look pre-fall. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. No sin, no death. No suffering, just Adam and Eve eating fruit, right? Yep. Uh, and sin is what brought uh, suffering into the world, death into the world. Um, Conflict. Our, and our bones and our tendons no longer hold up the way that they're supposed to hold up. Mm-hmm. They will degrade over time mm-hmm. uh, because of sin entering the world. And so that's, if, if you're a person that's like, well, like, why is there pain? Why, why do we have suffering in that? It's because of sin. Mm-hmm. And it's to point us to things aren't right in the world. Her, ironically, her body decaying should give her, should, it should more open her eyes to, I, I'm going to die, mm-hmm. right? And it should give, make her more introspective as to, okay, something's not right in the world. Why is that the case? Rather than saying something's not right in the world, well, God's not real. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
It's like Romans 1. Yep. Yep. That's it. Cool. All right. Let us know what Fine. you think. Have you ever torn your Achilles heel and then sworn off God for the rest of your life? <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyways, uh, we love to hear from you. Anything that you have from today, let us know in the comments. We do read them, even if we don't uh, respond to them always. Uh, we do read them, and we enjoy reading them. Uh, but like, subscribe, comment. Judah forgot to do his job. I bet. <laughs> uh, He's anyways. still recovering from illness. Yeah. We, you know, we can't put that on him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, we'll see you next week.